Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I know how to run a hair salon, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. She's a small business owner too, so she knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Yeah, what's up? It's your boy, Joel Ortiz, and I want everybody to make sure that they subscribe and download the podcast, Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews with Tim Einenkel. Yo, Tim, I hope all is well. You my guy. I know these interviews are not interviews. They're actually conversations, and I appreciate them all. Yarrow. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ice-T. I want you to do something for me. Make sure you download and subscribe Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews. With Tim I and Cal. Stop playing. Download and subscribe. Library Rap. The hip hop interviews with Tim I and Cal. It's cold. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's your boy Farrell March in the building. I need y'all to make sure you subscribe and download to the podcast Library Rap. Hip hop interviews with your boy Tim I and Cal. You already know. Father planted a seed, deep, unfertile soil, water with mama shears, I sprouted like black oil. That mean I'm worth something, even through the worst of it, can't really call it a... Chappelle, welcome to the Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews with Tim Heineke. Thank you so much for being here. Ah, thanks for having me, I appreciate it. They often ridicule, they like to crack jokes, ignorant, my black folks really made it hard for a king, but I ain't cracked though, was made stronger from stones thrown, I sharpen still, to all my early supporters, I thank you still, most humbly, I'm most comfortably alone, just me and my thoughts, but want it publicly, I try to balance it. So before we get into the, the, the album, which, a portrait of, which I think is incredible, from first track to last track, uh... The beats are dope and lyricism is out of control. I want to ask you something about uh, New Jersey and uh, and kind of you being there uh, as a you know young hip hop head. Um, I remember having a conversation with El Sensei from the Artifacts, and he talked about how you know first being from Jersey, he came to New York City, and you kind of had to hide the fact that you were from Jersey, you know stuff like that. When you were growing up. Um, what was the kind of like? What was the view, I guess, of uh, Jersey MCs versus, I guess, New York MCs? And did you have Jersey MCs that you liked, that you were inspired by, or did you kind of have to like hide the fact that you were inspired by these Jersey MCs? Um, you know, I've heard uh, similar stories from from people um, about this um, rivalry between New Jersey and New York. I, I guess I just maybe I was born a little bit too late. I missed it. Um, I, I never, ever experienced that. I mean, the moment I stepped, the first stage I ever rocked as a teenager was, um, I probably shouldn't have been in there, was the New York Rican Poets Cafe. And it was hosted by uh, Bobito from Stretching Bobito. And um, he showed me love. The crowd showed me love. So I, I never experienced that. Um, as far as, you know, Jersey MCs, when I was coming up, we, you know, arguably had two of if not the two best MCs in the game at the time. So we had Redman and we had Tretch. 
So there was no need to, you know, hide being <laughs> from Jersey at that time or even feel any type of uh, shame uh, about being from New Jersey. And it's so funny that you mentioned L because I just recently did an uh, interview and he was a guest on the show as well. And I got a chance to really thank him uh, for, you know, the inspiration that he gave us, you know, being young, uh, watching him and Tame, rest in peace to Tame One, um, you know, going across the water and, and uh destroying and stretching Barbito when he got on the radio and just really putting on for Jersey and showing um, a different side of it. You know, L always with the low, always cool, you know, just, you know, so I, I, I thanked him for that. But um, yeah, me, I've never had an issue. I've gotten love from uh, legends uh, from New York, from OC to Lord Finesse to, you know, rocking shows at Rakim. So no, I, I never experienced that. Was there a, uh, going up, was there a, you mentioned L, you mentioned Tame, uh, you mentioned Red, man, you mentioned Tretch, but was there like a MC that maybe we never heard of, um, but he was like kind of, or she was like a local local cat that kind of destroyed it and you really gravitated towards in terms of their wordplay and what they were doing? Um, I mean, there was, there was uh, an artist uh, right from my grandmother's building and the projects uh, by the name of Seven Sean, uh, who was a part of a rap group called World Renowned. Uh, who they were signed to Warner Brothers, uh, album produced by Molly Marl and K. Death, that, you know, I, I grew up with his little brother. So, you know, I was around it uh, from the very beginning. Um, but as far as stylistically, I can't really say, I mean, I, who didn't want to rap like Trash and Redman? <laughs> but, but I couldn't. <laughs> so, uh, so stylistically, there, there wasn't anyone, I'm trying to think, Around my way, there was a brother by the name of, um, uh, his rap name was uh, Fortune Teller, but his, his real name was Jeff. And I thought Jeff was the most talented writer that I had ever been around. Like he would literally come uh, to the house and uh, he would write a rhyme, spit it and like throw it away. And I'm like, what? Like, because I have every, I have every rhyme that I've ever written saved. Like I have, I have like these, um. Uh, I guess they were not even storage boxes, but like uh, almost like a memento chest that I that I that I keep everything, um, everything I've ever written, like from high school, like everything. I have everything. Tell you where the story starts before I made my mark on every corner, pop bitch that played a part. Mom, joy, her baby boy, the smell of. Rashid, I want to turn to the album, a, a portrait of. Um, the, the title hits you like real quick. I think, like in terms of what you know, hip hop is and what hip hop should be. It's, you know, it's like painting a picture of someone's life using words, right? Uh, a portrait of, so tell me about the importance of this title and how'd you come up with it? Uh, I normally name my projects like once I'm done or once we start getting a feel of what the music is sounding like. And um, there's no different with this process. Um, so uh, Vic and I, we, we recorded, I think maybe three or four songs prior to the first song that I was like, okay, this is a song. Like, okay, we got one. Like, this is this is a song. This isn't just some verses over a beat. This is an actual song, uh, which turned out to be Spitting Images. But that was the first song that Saturday that we did. And I was like, okay, this this is one. And um, once we got into it, uh, you know, maybe three or four songs and started getting a feel of what it was becoming. Um, you know, sonically, he was just providing me um, you know, music that allowed me to just explore 
um, some parts of my life um, currently. You know, a lot of times I draw uh, my, my, my inspiration from, you know, past experiences, but I seldom talk about like the right now. And this album, it just felt right now. And so a portrait of who I am as an individual, you know, a portrait of who I am as a man, who I am as an artist, it just seemed fitting. Uh, you, you just talked about spitting images, and that's the first track off the album. A um, couple of questions here. It's uh, well, why uh, why is this the table setter for the album? But then also, you know, when you hear this album and you hear like the title, you think spitting images, and he's like, okay, for me, it's like, all right, Rashid's going to talk about someone that's a spitting. He's a spitting image of like a family member or something, but it's not. It's a spitting image about. It's like a story about your life prior to what seems like prior to hip hop. Um, so the question here is where, when did you, what was that point for you? Maybe you wrote a certain rhyme that you decided this is going to be my focus. This is going to be my artistic outlet. Um, I, I mean, I started writing rhymes in Corey's, uh, in Corey's attic, you know? Um, and, um, I mean, full circle moment. I think the first, um, rhyme I wrote was to a, um, a beat by a uh, black sheep and years later I got a chance to do a record with dread. So like that, that's just crazy. I just, I just want to sleep that for the record. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I've, I've always, I've always um, been drawn to words and I thank my mom for that. She was a huge uh, record collector. Um, so we would sit together and she would read, we would read the liner notes. We would read the lyric sheets. We would, you know, so I was always a fan of that. You know, I was always a fan of the written word, whether it be an orator like, you know, Martin Luther King or just I just was a fan of words and how, you know, it could move people. And so I was just drawn to that. You know, I was always drawn to that. I, and, um, you know, I did a lot of public speaking when I was young and, you know, when everyone else was getting into rap because I got into it late. You know, like uh, one of my best friends, uh, Sugar Hill, who I, uh, you know, I mentioned often. You know, he was doing it and performing and traveling at like nine, doing doing rap, you know. And um, I got to it late. I got to it around 13, 14. And it was kind of like on a dare, on a bet. And I just fell in love with it, like, you know, and all of it. Like, I, I'm, I'm so in love with the with the art of writing, you know, because I, I drew I draw my inspiration from Stevie Wonder, uh, who I think would be like the Nas, you know, of of songwriting, of the R&B, because he can go any pocket, he can go anywhere. And, uh, you know, he maintains his level of lyricism. And then you have someone like a Bob Marley who can evoke the same message, but use not as many words. He gets straight to the point, you know? So I, all of it, I mean, Phil Collins to, uh, you know, Stevie Nicks. I mean, I listen to everything, like writers. I listen to... And so that was always the inspiration. And once I got into it and I was like, okay, I need to get to that level of artistry with my words. It was like, this is what I have to do. Like it became a purpose more than just like, oh, this is what I want to do, uh, you know, to make money. Um, did you find on the, when this dare happened, I mean, did you, did, did, did writing come easy to you? And that, you know, in that sense, like, you know, um, or did you find yourself, you know, was it, was it a challenge? I mean, was it like, kind of like you needed to do drafts of artists, you know, of, of work, you weren't, you weren't writing something, spitting it and throwing it away, as you said, you know, nah, earlier, never. but 
<laughs> um, you know, people. I, I want one, another one of my my, my close friends, uh, Ed. He, he he says that it comes easy to me, and I look at him. I'm like, are you crazy? Like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> like, it comes easy. You know, like it, it's it's taken a long time. You know, it, uh, okay. So you on this album, there's 11 songs, right? Right. And it's 22 verses. Do you know how many verses you haven't heard or how many verses it took to get to those, you know, 22? You know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like you know how many, uh, you know, times I had to refine something before it got to the place where, you know, it could, you know, see the, the light of day. And, you know, my process is a bit different than when I was younger. You know, um, I don't really scratch out lines anymore, you know, because I do the revisions in my head. Um, and then I put them on paper. Um, but I, I mean, I've always enjoyed writing, you know, but I wouldn't say it came easy. It became easier to channel it the more and more I did it. Um, but, you know, it, it's always I look forward to it. Like, I actually look forward to writing because I don't know what's going to come out. You know, so my 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 view of it is I'm always like I'm open. Like I, I really treat myself as a vessel. Like, okay, let's see what the music is going to pull out now. Like I'm curious to see. So I'm still very enthusiastic about the writing process, but I wouldn't say the writing itself came easy. I would just say it's become easier to channel it. When you say, um, with the, when, when the drafts are happening, is that, um, do you have to, do you have to, are you you writing? I say you write write a verse. Do you spit it? Do you record it and see how it sounds, or is it more like visually looking at that like you would write a paper or something? You know, like are you rereading it in your head and then then doing the then doing the edits, or do you actually have to kind of hear it first and then see if the edits work out? I don't know if I'm um, revealing the magician's code right now, <laughs> but, but for me, I know everybody's process is different. Uh, for me, once I once I once I hear a track that I like, I, the first thing before the words come to me is can I, what's the tone I'm going to use vocally on this track to, to really maximize the effect that I can have? Right. So before I hear a single word, I hear like, what should my tone be? And then from there, the words start to come to me. And then, you know, as I'm writing it, you know, I'm repeating each line over and over. So I know I'm getting the cadence down. And so by the time I get in front of the mic to perform it, you know, um, it doesn't take long to really, you know, record a track. Um, you know, I know some people um, tout themselves as being able to record a song or a verse and one take, which is cool. I've done it. Um, it's not really my favorite thing to do. You know, but I I like to like kind of get warmed up and feel you know into the verse. Sometimes it happens, um, but I do realize now that I'm actually recording the verse, quote unquote, in a sense as I'm reciting it over and over again, writing it. That's why it might take three or four takes for a verse, or two or three takes for a verse, because I have been rehearsing it before I got to the mic in the writing process. So uh, the next track in the album is Two Masters. Uh, who are the two masters that you're referring to here? Um, who you are and who you want to be. And the, di- and the distance that you got to travel uh, to get there. 
bad news travels or who got shot. More than just music, this is the memory of the smell of cheap weed and the Hennessy suds. It's like I still reside here, part of me does. Yeah, a part of me loves every hungry night, but forced to fight for survival. The faith place itself never placed in the Bible. My only rival. Which master has the most pressure on him or her? Uh, probably uh, who you are, uh, who you are because you're comfortable there. Right, in order to be who you want to be, you have to actually kill that master, you know. And some people are afraid um, to do that because of, you know, the things that they've accomplished, uh, being complacent, or the things that they find comfort in. And um, you know, I, there's, there's, I, I've gone through a lot in life in the past couple of years, and I had to realize that in order to be who I truly am, I had to let go of the image of who I thought I was or who other people, who I wanted to be for other people or who I um, valued what other people thought I was. And I just had to let all of that go. And in doing so, you know, I've found a level of peace. I found a level of clarity, you know, just a level of purpose that I was, you know, kind of running from before, you know, because when you're who you're supposed to be, like you have to live up to that. Like there's a responsibility that comes with that. And it's not something that we always embrace. And um, I've learned to embrace it. I've learned to embrace the work that it takes to do it every day when you don't want to do it, when you don't feel like doing it, you know, and finding um, comfort in the uncomfortable. Do you have a certain amount of time uh, per day that you, you kind of dedicate to to the craft, to, to reaching the goal of you know who you want to become? I put aside at least two hours every day. It's 24 hours in a day. If I can't give two hours to myself, then what am I doing? The track Narcan, you uh, you spit. It was written, this is God's plan. Uh, so automatically, off the bat, I thought these were odes to Nas and Drake. Uh, is that true? And can you talk more about these lyrics? Neither. <laughs> was- yes! Strike three! <laughs> um... I, think I was having a conversation with, um, I forget who I was talking to. Uh, oh, not the name drop, but um, <laughs> I, I was having a conversation with Farrah Monch. Um, first conversation he and I ever had, and this was recent. Uh, he came to my album listening party. And we were just talking about, you know, well, I was just telling him how, how much uh, he's inspired so many people. And people that I respect always bring his name up as being in the, their top five MCs. And I said, it's just so amazing that we write something for us because ultimately it's for us. When we're, I feel for me, I'm writing for me. You know, it's cathartic and therapy for me. And then people hear it and they interpret something totally different from what we were thinking <laughs> when we wrote it. Like, um, yeah, I don't think I've ever thought about uh, Drake in, 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 a, in terms of, of writing. Um, but I, I definitely respect what he does. Um, but no, it was, um, you know, it was just an ode to like, yo, what I'm doing, this was written. Like, it, you know, this was before I got here. You know, this is God's plan. You know, it's not mine. I'm just following through. That's dope. Uh, I've said the piano on, on the track praise, mm. uh, with your voice over it. Like this is kind of what, um, 
there's a lot of reasons I like this album and like, you know, and going back up to, you know, spitting images, even that the line spitting images until my image fades, like really like that album, but the, 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 that, that lyric, but also if you go back to the piano and praise and your voice and kind of really showing the voice as the other instrument or the other beat. Um, and it's really perfect on this album. Uh, when you heard that piano, what was like, I don't know, what was your immediate reaction to it? And then were you did what was like kind of what were the first lyrics that came to mind after hearing the piano? My thoughts get lost in the piano keys. Like that was those were the first lyrics. You know, like because I, as as the beat played, I was like, wow, this is this is soulful. Like this is this is deep. You know, this is um you know, ethereal. Like it, it was just it was it was just it evoked emotion immediately. And, you know, it's almost like hypnosis, right? The music takes you there and you, you're gonna say things that you normally wouldn't say. So the conversation I was having with myself is not something that I would normally say aloud, you know, not in a room for the people I don't know. So ultimately this music is me having a conversation with myself in a crowded room because other people are gonna hear it, you know? So it was just a moment to again let the guard down and just talk just speak and um it's definitely one of my favorite tracks it's it got a it's received a lot of love from people i get a lot of dms and messages about that particular song you know i've had uh mcs that i respect like tell me personally like yo like for you to be that vulnerable on the track and speak like that that's dope but you know you can't be embarrassed by the truth right the truth it is what it is so, you know, as long as I'm speaking my truth, like, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. That's what it is. I found God in their mothers. They showed grace, they showed strength, they showed love. They gave me chance and chance. I deserve none. None. I give you life on a page before it hit the and, and, it's, and back to your, your your point about vulnerability. I mean, you even have the lyric, uh, many years I wore a mask trying to save face, uh, which is just like, okay tell me more you know like you know that that's like oh wow this is someone who's willing to be open with us um with that openness i I mean is there was there any hesitancy on your part to release this song you know like is to be like wow i'm this once the song's out you know it's out i i'm not you know i can't take it back was there any hesitancy on your part no there's no no there was no hesitancy um, to release the music. Um, it is, it's who I am, you know? And, and um, you know, one of the things that I, that, I, that I try to always impart upon people is that, you know, you hear, these mu- you hear the music and you say, wow, that line was dope. Or that was like, I like, you know, the entendres there. I, I appreciate how you put that together, but this is real life. Like this is inspired by real life. So these dope lines are someone's pain like someone's trauma that I'm articulating, you know? So it's a lot more than just words on a beat, you know? And I always view it that way. And I take, um, I take it seriously. So I wasn't, you know, um, I wasn't afraid. I, I, I had never had those thoughts. Like you, you talking about it right now or asking a question, like it never entered my mind not to put the record out. Um, Ironic that a pen drop got to got me to where I am. You spit on avocado toast. Um, if that pen never dropped, where do you think where where would you have gone? Like where do you think you'd be? <laughs> yeah, if I never. Uh, who 
knows, man? Like, <laughs> like who knows? Like, honestly, I, I, I don't know. I could see myself as, um, you know, I grew up with people who um, interned at NASA. I grew up with people who um, are doing life in prison. So somewhere in between. Mm. Okay? I probably didn't have the, the discipline to, to, to do NASA. And I probably don't have the patience to sit somewhere for the rest of my life. So somewhere in between. <laughs> nice. Uh, who who is who is who is Tanisha? Wouldn't you like to know? Uh, nah. <laughs> Tanisha is um the fly girl from Building Forty Five. You know that's nice. where I live. And um, you know Tanisha is Tanisha is the the girl that we all had a crush on. Uh, Tanisha is the one who um. You know, you, you had your first puppy love uh, crush on. That's who Tanisha is. She's the girl who formed your opinion of what beauty was as a kid. And you're always searching for that when you find uh, a girl or a woman now as an adult. You know, she shaped that ideology of what sexy and a sex symbol and beauty and the type of girl I want when I grow up. That's who Tanisha is. Um, the influence of obviously Slick Rick's the teenage love is heavy on this track, yeah. um, and I really like that because as a fifth grader or sixth grader, whatever I was, knowing the entire album uh, of Adventures of Slick Rick was uh, probably inappropriate for my age, but also mm-hmm. pretty pretty impressive. Uh, if you were a fly on the wall when when Slick Rick was creating that album, is there a track? That, or even maybe a line that you wish you were there to like experience him writing or putting together. Are you serious? I mean, <laughs> uh, the whole album, the rulers back to, you know, Mona Lisa. I mean, you know, I was young also when it came out. So I thought uh, he, he were two people on, on Mona Lisa. Like I, I truly thought that MC Ricky D and Slick Rick were two different people. Like I had, I had no idea. And so, you know, just, just the creativity of, of, you know, where his mind went to create such an album, um, you know, a children's story, the moment I feared Indian girl, you know, like teenage love, you know, like even that, you know, one of my favorite songs of all time when I first, first got uh, iPod shuffle. Right, this is how far, like when I got an iPod shuffle, and I think I got it with like a gift card um, to maybe 20 songs. That one of the first songs I downloaded was Hey Young World. Like, I think I, I, I think that song is incredible. Like, I think that song is absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, I'm a fan, so part of my excitement. Uh, but it's like, you know, like Slick Rick is one of the people that definitely influenced and inspired me. Uh, the storytelling and just the, um, you know, just the, 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 the style and the swag and just the, the class and, you know, the British accent and the eye patch and the half moon part and the big jewelry, like what? And then in the, in the, in the, the, uh, the teenage love video with the trench coat on and, and the bends, like, come on, man. Like, yeah, I just would have, man. Yeah. I would have liked to have been there for the whole process. I like the uh, the fact that I was in elementary school and and, and a teenage dove would play and I'm like yeah I get it <laughs> <laughs> I totally know what's happening right now yeah yeah man yeah 
Uh, but then I think my, one of my favorite songs of the album was uh, "Teacher, Teacher." Teacher, Teacher. Tell me, that's just incredible. Like that's that's like really even at my age, I was like, oh, he's teaching a class right now. You know, yes, yeah, of, of how to tell a story. It's incredible, man. He's amazing. Oh, Manna from Heaven, one minute and 27 seconds around. You're just straight spitting. There's no hook, nothing else. Uh, why that approach to this song? I mean, sometimes it's just what it is. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm a vessel. Like, I don't, I don't force it. You know, I just, I just let it happen as it plays out. This track, Tax Free, is another great track, but what I really liked about the track is that there's a lot, there's, someone cutting up you know the track uh and it really shows that there's an appreciation about the dj uh can you share who the dj is but also what's your kind of favorite thing about the dj well the dj is the world famous static selector uh, i've heard of that guy yeah you know <laughs> who i'm very appreciative of because he doesn't normally lend his scratches to, to songs he doesn't produce so you know when i asked him he was like okay and he sent it uh as we were like literally mixing and mashing the album you know he sent the cuts up and um it came out dope and you know i was for me before before the the mc it was the dj for me you know the dj and the block parties and the little discos that we would call them back in the day they were the one that got the respect it was the dj so i've always been a fan of the dj i've always incorporated uh, DJs on my records, you know, I had the honor of working with DJ Scratch on my first album, first and second album. He did cuts for me, DJ Eclipse, DJ Mel Star, uh, DJ JS1, uh, got records with uh, PF Cutting, uh, you know, doing scratches for me. So, like, it's a part of the art form. I, I incorporate the DJ into what I'm doing because it's a huge part of the art form. And so, for me, like, I'm a fan of the culture, not just rap. So, I try to incorporate as many uh, pieces of it into what I do as I can. What's mm, up? Um, Becoming is the final track on the album, and it's a once again a very, you know, you start out with a very personal track, and you, you're ending with a very personal track as well. Um, why kind of have those as your, you know, your your, your first and, and last track? Why, why leave us with this as the last track of the album? I think, um, you know, one of the things that I learned, not only from listening to other artists, um, but definitely my time spent with Kenny Dope is beginning, middles, and ends, highs, lows, excuse me, ebbs and flows, all of it. So I painted this image of like, even sonically, the beat on spitting images, it's fast paced, it's frantic of like this hectic, crazy stuff going on. And then through all of that, of the album, you come to Becoming, um, which is a reflective piece, right? So you go from, you know, this frantic pace to a more somber tone, definitely mellow. And it's just a more, even the, the, the cadence is different, the tone of the voice, just reflecting on through all of that, like it, this is how I became me. And there's a level of gratitude um, that's being spoken um, on the song. Uh, thankful that I've had those experiences and that it allowed me to become who I am. Um, so it, it was it wasn't a hard decision, you know. Listen to the the collections of records that we had, you know how you know what the first and what the last would be, you know, because the first lyrics on the song is "Let me show you where my story starts," mm -hmm. you know. 
before I made my mark. So I was like, okay, that's the beginning. <laughs> we got to <laughs> beginning, and the becoming. You know, it, you know, it just, it just, it made sense. The difficult part was fitting all the other records in between. You know, where where are we gonna go? Like, how are we gonna tell the story? Uh, Portrait of his new album, uh, Rashid Chappelle. Uh, thank you so much for being on Library Rap to Hip Hop interviews with Tim Monica. I, I greatly appreciate this. Thank you for having me. Definitely a pleasure. Um, very good interview. <laughs> very good a mother's love you know the saying goes the coming out of the speaker while a jay is rolled my first love my first everything i was a little man of the house before the wedding ring food stands we would check she ran scams even let me fuck in the house across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like building grid scale solar energy in ohio and Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.